Welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wee. Oh my goodness. It's another week. We're back. Another week gone by. Another week older. Another week closer to death. Oh. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the ever chipper, ever positive Brian Trust. Well, uh, it's another episode. Yeah, it is. The only my name is Brian. Oh, my name is also Brian, and yeah. we're going. We're going up now. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, can only we can only go up from this point. <laughs> That's true. It's good to start on a down note so you can end on a high, on a positive note, you know, right. rather than the other way around. So right. that's our mo here. Yes, theoretically. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, after that, after that episode a few weeks ago, when after Adam West passed away, because we didn't talk about it until the very end, like, oh wait, we forgot about. Oh, I know. We but, ended. Uh, on, we ended. On, we did it wrong. And did you? I did. Did you? Did you see the news last week? Uh, Joan Lee, Stanley's wife, passed away. I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Unfortunately, yeah. Sad um, for sad for Stan, but you know that's yes, that's a good age, ninety four. You know, right? A long time, and I did not even know he was married. I didn't either. To be honest, oh, I mean, I'm sure I, I figured he was married, but I didn't realize that he was still married, or I, I'd never heard anything about his wife ever. So, right. Well, he's in his nineties. Uh, yeah, my, they both my, are. Yeah, they both are. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I watched uh, a very, very cool documentary on HBO called uh, "If You're Not in the Obit, Have Breakfast." I think is what it's called, and uh, it's with um, hmm. Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks and Stan oh, Lee nice. and Norman Lear. And okay. Jerry Seinfeld's in it. There, uh, it's uh, it's all about these um, comedians, yeah, who are well into their nineties, and um, it's sort of like a self discovery of uh, how how do they live so long? Like, oh, I don't nice. know if it's just comedians. I think it's all. I think it's actors in general, but um, I want to say they're comedians. I think the majority of them are comedians because that's sure. the circle. That's the circle that they would all be in, right? So yeah. But it's a very it's very it's a it's a funny documentary, but it also mm-hmm. is they're all befuddled. Like, how did they get so old? Yeah. And how are they still? How are they still working? Most of them are still active. Yeah, all working, of them are still. And they're in their like, 90s. Well still creating something. Norman uh-huh. Lear just executive produced the new version of One Day at a Time on Netflix this year, and yeah, was very hands on with it. So yeah, I mean, me, yeah, me, I mean, they're they're still very active people, which I think is cool. I think yeah. it's really awesome for them. So, yeah, it's if you're not in the obit, eat breakfast. That's what it's yes. called, and it's an HBO yeah. documentary, and it's really good. Yes. Really enjoyed that. I yeah, I just put it on my my watch list on HBO now. Yeah, so I will check that out at some point here. You should. It's good. Um, but and, and in the documentary, they don't uh, they don't really go over anything that isn't already. Uh, out there, meaning sure, uh, uh, like twenty. I think twenty twenty did um, like an over nineties club or something, and they were trying to di- they were trying to discover, like what were these people doing differently, that now they're living to be ninety, and yeah. some of them past a hundred. Like there was a woman, I think, on this documentary. She's over a hundred. She's still jogging. She's still yeah. run. She's still running marathons. Some of them, yeah. I mean, some of the people they talk to, like Betty White and Dick yes. Van Dyke, and yes, yes, and uh, Fiveish Finkel's still alive. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. I did not know that. And Kirk Douglas, of course. And yep. 
Tony Bennett? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, not that he's still alive. I didn't realize he was in his 90s. He's still active. Still doing yeah. his thing. Still oh, yeah. Singing. No, it's terrific. I just was, wow. Right. That's surprising. Yeah. yeah. So, so for it's those of you who have HBO or HBO Now, which is 15 bucks a month, and I strongly recommend it because Game of Thrones, the new season, starts next week. Mm. Um, you know, time to start binging. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, yeah... Uh, but yeah, the, so that documentary is on there right now. If you're not in the open, eat breakfast. It's so good. Yeah, cool. I, I, I will, love. It. I will definitely check it out. So. Yeah, that was a good one. I've been on my I've been on my movie kick this week. I have I have been very good about watching a watching a new movie every day. Wow. For the last week. Yeah. And so, so uh, and what have you been watching? Uh, most of it's been indie films, um, mm. because um, you know all the a lot of the the larger new releases stuff. It's all stuff I've already seen. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, all right. So, I mean, I saw, yeah, basically a lot of indie films. They tend to be more hmm. rom, not rom-coms, straight up rom-coms, more kind of indie drama, some romance a little bit, but not, it's it's weird sometimes. Some of it's, I, I watched one on Amazon called The War Bride that hmm. was interesting. It was almost Hallmark level. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could kind of see what was coming. It wasn't a big deal, but it it was a good. Right. It was a decent enough movie. Yeah, Canadian, you know, as most of the Hallmark movies are. Right. Uh, <laughs> all just shot in Canada now. It just doesn't matter anymore. Um, but this was like a British Canadian co-production, I think. Mm. Uh, and then I I watched Denial was kind of cool. Um, that was set mm. in, I guess technically it's a period piece, but it's set in like the late nineties, two thousands. What happened was there was a guy, there was a woman named Deborah Lipstadt who was a real life professor of Jewish studies and the Holocaust. Oh. And she had written this book about Holocaust deniers. And this gentleman by the name of David Irving in, in the UK, who's a big time Holocaust denier, like big, big time, sued her to oh. stop the book for libel. And oh. so she had to go over to the UK and defend the book because over there, there's not a presumption of innocence. Like it's on the person being sued to prove oh. that they did not, that they didn't, like in a libel suit like that, is they have to prove that they didn't libel them. I got it. As opposed, to, so it became a whole discussion of whether or not, whether or not the Holocaust actually happened. Oh. Sort of. There's there's a side note to that. I mean, it's it's kind of like that's what David Irving wanted in court was to argue that the Holocaust didn't happen, essentially. And they... The legal team, essentially, it's, it, this is yeah, it's based on an actual true story uh, about what happened. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It wasn't like the best movie ever, but it was it was sure. compelling enough to watch. And right, and it takes place over the course of several years because you know it's right. the legal system; it doesn't necessarily move fast. Sure. So I watched something like that, and I watched a couple um, that I've been sitting on for a while. In my, net- I'm basically just going from the bottom of my Netflix queue, like working my way back up, and <laughs> just going wow. through stuff I've had on my list forever. Uh, to watch, so I, I saw a movie called Liberal Arts, mm-hmm. which was written and directed and starred uh, Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother. Ah, uh, he Ted. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was okay. It was him and Elizabeth Olsen, and she's fantastic. Mm. Um, the ending was a little odd. I had some trouble following what was going on at points. Mm. Um, then there was another one, Joe Swanberg, called Drinking Buddies. Hmm. That had like Olivia Wilde and uh, Jason Sudeikis and a couple other people. Hmm. That one, I'm not sure exactly what was going on. <laughs> the ending kind of left me unsatisfied, but I think a lot of Joe Swanberg's movies kind of do that. Yeah, so. I hate when that happens. When you yes. invest so much time in a movie, and at the end, you're like, "What? 
Yeah, what the hell just happened? I'm like Vanilla Sky. Oh, Vanilla Sky well, is one yeah, of those. Yeah, this isn't quite like, that. Oh, what this happened isn't here? Quite, this isn't quite that detached from reality. It's more of it's more along the lines of like the Duplass brothers, kind of the mumblecore when they talk about mumblecore and stuff. Like there's certain movies hmm. that just have a certain style to them, and that's what it feels like. But oh. those tend to be a lot more hit or miss. Like there's a movie called Jeff Who Lives at Home that I saw probably came out about five years ago and I saw it in the theater when it came out and it was fantastic. Yeah. But I just really connected with it. I think in a way that I I haven't connected with a lot of other movies of that genre. I see. Or that style. So, and that's okay. You know, it's, um, what's the other one? There was one called playing it cool, which is that one was more of a straight up romantic comedy Mm. with Chris Evans Get all those Chris's confused. From the, all the Marvel Chris's mm. are confusing. No, it was right. Chris Evans uh, playing this guy who's like a screenwriter who doesn't believe in. He basically writes action movies and stuff, but he's been down on his luck and he's handed this like he has to turn in this romantic comedy so he can get the action movie he wants to write. Oh, kind of thing. And you know, he meets a girl and so on and so forth. I think The Big Sick was my favorite new movie of the week, though. Oh so yeah, was, The Big Sick was amazing. If you haven't a seen classic, it, well, that's the thing. It was like a really classic oh. sort of meet cute scenario. Right, kind of and it actually happened. It's like yeah, wow, it was like awesome. real, you know, like yeah. damn, yeah. Like I said, you cannot match that bar in real life. It's hard to get to that. That's like, a good. Yeah, don't. That's not a good date movie. Yeah, yeah. It's no. That's an after you're married. It is, it's, we're kidding, yeah. of course. It's a terrific. It's a no, terrific it's a movie, just in general. But right for dates, it it, it would be a good date movie for sure. So, well, mm. um, and Ray Romano was fantastic. Oh God, in that movie. He Ray was Romano so good. And Holly Hunter as her parents were terrific. Oh yes. Holly Hunter, she's. I, I, I mean, even the actors playing Camille's parents were pretty good too. <laughs> like, yes. all the parents just rocked. It was just yes, like, it yeah, was so good. The whole thing was really good. It was really oh, yeah. well done. Uh, oh yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think it helped yeah. that they had like Michael Showalter, who was from for people who remember him on screen uh, from like sketch comedy shows like The State and. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a variety, I think. There's a bunch of those, like Michael and Michael. Like he does a number of things and he writes a lot, but he he's a really good director. Mm. And that's that's kind of where he, he he's kind of evolved into directing more than being on screen. Yeah, um, and that kind of thing. So he's uh, so I'm glad that I'm glad that he you know he had a, had they had an experienced director at the helm. Yep. And they had some help with the script and think like they had a lot of they had a lot of a lot of friends who were able to pitch in and help out. So yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, not a dull so, moment. No, not, nope. not a dull moment. Well, even the dull moments are funny though. That was the thing. They were they they were intentionally like that. Where it's yeah. sort of like you know, yeah yeah I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah it's right. just like, no it's moment, it was good. momentary conversations. Yeah, it so. was good. It was really good. Yeah, we enjoyed um, it. So yeah, I mean, I mostly just been. Watching a lot of that. And Spider-Man came out yesterday. Yes, it did. And we will talk about it next mm-hmm. week. Because <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. So we do mm-hmm. want to see it. I definitely need to see it. Um, I don't want to go into too much depth on that. Because, I mean, we could talk about some of that. But I think it'd be good for us to talk about the whole kind of... I think it would be fun to talk about all the iterations of Spider-Man. Right. In addition to the new movie. But I want to save that for next week. Mm-hmm. So we can see the movie and mm-hmm. do some homework and come back and at least appear knowledgeable to some right. extent. We've got an exciting movie uh, itinerary coming up. Yes. We've got Spider-Man true. and we've got yeah. DC Cab we're watching. Yeah, that is also <laughs> true. I think, well, 
we'll see which ones of those actually pan out and which ones uh, don't. But <laughs> I can already tell you which one's going to pan out and which one's not. <laughs> well, because I've know, seen one of them already. <laughs> we'll see. Wait, you've already seen? Oh, that's right. You already watched it. You I already, already watched, watched DC, DC Cab. Cab. That's right. You yeah. already watched it. I haven't watched yep. it yet, but I will. Um, I had some downtime, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get this off my plate. Fair enough. All right, then we'll watch DC yeah, Cab. I, I will watch it, and we'll 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 chat about that. In a couple weeks. Okay. See how that goes. Um, what else is going on? What happened during your week? Anything exciting? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I was doing kind of like an online workshop. Uh, there's a, a lady named Dallas Travers based out of L.A. who uh, helps with marketing for actors and things like oh. that. There's a lot of her thing. But she did what she called the five-day acting reboot, which is kind oh. of... It was more just a. It was more kind of a psychological approach to your craft and things like. like are you getting what you want, and how do you align yourself to? to how do you get yourself mentally into a position, mentally and emotionally into a position where you can pursue what you want? Right. Kind of thing. And it was. It was interesting. It was worth it. It was hard because I, they were doing phone calls like group phone calls like facebook live stuff in the middle of the day while i'm at work so oh. like i my participation was kind of limited on that oh right and, and you know what okay. and I, was, I still i still got a lot out of it i think even, right. even without that so well was, i would uh, imagine too that something like that wouldn't just apply to actors i think it could be anything like if you yeah. like like putting your mind to something you know i i think quite well, often well, we get stuck in our own way you know yeah and that's a, and this is this is yeah we are our biggest our own worst enemies for sure mm-hmm I think, uh, and the big thing for actors in that approach is a lot of the times the things that we do in the industry to try to pursue work and the, the job, it's like, well, you know, we'll take any role we can get and do all this stuff. And that ends up not working in the long run because you're basically spinning your wheels a lot trying to, or the, the other analogy, you know, throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Right. You know, the idea just like sort of a shotgun approach as opposed to becoming more aligned with who you are because that will help you how you present yourself in as as how you present your business which is you Mm -hmm. and how you present yourself in the room for auditions and Mm -hmm. and even what auditions you decide to go after it's like Mm -hmm. if i know who i am and what i can do and what i want Mm -hmm. i have a much clearer path and yeah that that can be applied really that really can be applied to pretty much anything yeah uh in life uh, yeah. So it's good to get that kind of to. It's good to take those moments to kind of get some clarity, mm-hmm. and uh, see what you can do about that and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's yeah. Like I'm headed to LA in a couple of weeks because I'm I'm gonna go see. There's a there's a college there's a, a college that has an MFA program ah. that I was curious about, and so I'm going to get more information about it and see if I could possibly never ever afford it. Right. Um, probably will never ever be able to afford it. The mm. private universities, it's like, mm, probably not going to happen. Mm. But um, Now, what is an MFA program? That's a Master, Master of Fine, Fine Arts. Arts. It's a terminal I degree. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a terminal uh-huh. degree, um, meaning basically it's, it's, not, it's not a full doc- PhD, but for, for those professions, that it, it is roughly the equivalent of having like a PhD. Nice. In a sense, because you've reached a level of, of you know, the idea is you've reached a level of, of knowledge and experience. Right. Uh, to to pursue that. So, and they have MFA programs that most often with MFA you see the. I mean that's why it's the fine arts. So you see that in performing and and arts programs and stuff. And I did 
a lot years ago i did audition as i was getting ready to finish up my bachelor's i did go audition for grad schools to mm. to look at a possible mfa program and i didn't get in and that's okay mm-hmm. uh because at the time it was i realized it's like that wasn't really what i wanted yeah because usually most people if you go into an mfa program the idea is you're like teaching is your backup yeah at that point. So it becomes a it becomes a crutch or a fallback. Like you do get a certain amount of experience, but it, depending on what program you go into. Right. Some of them are more geared towards, you know, turning out teachers whereas others are more conservatory based. So you are actually apprenticing with a working theater company or mm. things like that and pursuing something that will give you results as a working actor on the other end. Right, right. Hopefully. You know, so like Juilliard has an MFA program. Yale, uh, their MFA drama program is is basically regularly considered the best in the country, if not the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Old Globe in San Diego, they have an MFA program through uh, the University of San Diego, I think, mm-hmm. or UCSD. I don't mm-hmm. remember one of the one of the universities down there, but that's like a big Shakespeare school. Yep kind of thing you know a lot of most of them are aligned with the university but some of them are partnered with like regional theaters as well mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um brown well, university in, in rhode island as we were talking before the show uh brown university there has has a program with the trinity rep talk amongst um, yourselves there, so any topic will do uh, rhode island is neither a road nor an island discuss new york is neither new or york <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so there's a, there's a few programs like that around and I've looked at them on occasion and I've even looked at them for non-acting things like sound design, which I do have experience in, um, yeah. and directing things like that. But they, I always get intimidated because they always want letters of recommendation, you know, like a personal statement and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So I've got to write like, a, you know, you'd have to write like a manifesto and be like manifesto. Well, it seems like it. Yeah. Manifesto. Hmm. We used to joke about that in when I was pursuing my bachelor's, like your senior year, there's a couple of classes you take. There's one in preparation for like your capstone performance. And that's the one where you write like a manifesto, hmm. essentially like an artistic statement of what you're trying to do right? with your capstone. And then the second semester is you do your capstone. Hmm. Um, I thought my, I thought my, my state, I have to go back and find it. I think I still have a copy, but it oh. was more about, well, the idea I had with my, my capstone was rather logistically involved, mm. but it would have been, I think it would have turned out really fascinating because it was more about, it was the idea of choice. Mm. It was revolved around the idea of choice because you always have, you know, it's like, what movie do you want to see? What, as we get overwhelmed with choice. And so I was setting up a show that kind of forced you to watch one of two. Th- basically, it was a show that had two sides to it. Mm. And so you had to watch one or the other. You couldn't watch both simultaneously. Mm. So it's like noises off, but without the uh, being oh, able yeah. to see the backstage. Like you'd either see all of the backstage or all of what's on front. So I right. had I had it set up like a radio drama because oh, that's kind of oh. what I knew. Right. And so like in one room they'd be doing the actual radio drama, mm-hmm. but in another room that would also have an audience. Basically, it was it would be more improvised. It's basically what was going on backstage. Mm. And all the drama and how how does that translate into what they come in with? So the radio drama side is like heavily scripted, but the other side is pretty freeform. Oh. And some of it bases off of this. So they bring their own emotions and like try to hide stuff. And it's like so the audience when you're watching it gets curious because you're like, wait, what the hell's going? Because they can hear stuff through the walls occasionally. All oh, right, things like that. So you can hear. And so it's like, what's going on over there? God, I can't go over there. <laughs> you know, it's sort right. of. 
So I wanted to have that kind of forced choice scenario. I wasn't allowed to do it in the end just because it was just too, they, they figured it was too logistically hard, too oh. ambitious, because I knew exactly the rooms I needed because they were adjoining. Oh, right. So there was doors that the cast could go in and out and switch between. And the booth, that would be the radio booth upstairs, like the control booth for our rooms, actually there's windows on both sides so you can see yeah. up there to work from. So mm. I was like, this is perfect, but no. So I ended up just doing the radio drama. Oh. So that was, and it turned out really well. I mean, I don't have problems with it. Like I, I, the, the scope of it, the scale of it, like it turned out, it did turn out really, really in the end, turned out really well. So that's, and I have that somewhere. To, when are we going to do a radio? We're going to do a radio drama soon. We'll have, to, we'll, we'll have to take some time and figure out what we want to do. Sure. And, and, and work out how we're going to get the logistics of that. Cause there's a few things involved with that. So we'll have to, mm. we'll have to plan that out. I think. Okay. It's not, it's not something that can be kind of done on the spur of the moment. So no, 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 I get so, it. You know, unless we'll we have a super pause. It's just you and I just waiting for Godot. Mm. No, we can't, we can't afford that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you gotta get well, the rights to that because it's Beckett. So, right. Yeah. That kind well, of we find, should look we'll on the Gutenberg something. project, see if they have something. Maybe they have something. Yeah. We'll have to find some stuff in the public project domain Gutenberg to play with. Um, yeah, maybe adapt something. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I've been thinking about that more and more lately, just because I' trying to find things to do. Um, to keep my chops up a, and and stuff like right. that. Right. So. Well, and you know, other actor, you have actor friends that might join in. Who knows? I do. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's and that's that's the real thing. Scheduling some of that logistically, it gets challenging. They don't necessarily all have to be like we don't necessarily all have to record at the same time, right? But it does it it can get a little challenging. Then you got to put it all together. It's it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. It is like my radio drama for my capstone took me, um, took me probably about a month. Wow! To put together the finished product mm. with recording, scheduling people to come in and record, or going to them to record, or um. Now we did the live performance in like two or three days. Like it was really like a couple hours of rehearsal and then we go, you know, because <laughs> I had all the yeah. sound effects already. So, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately we did them digitally. We didn't do the sound effects practically like I wanted. Yeah. Because uh, I lost my, I lost my sound guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. He, he still was, out, well, because as, as commonly happens with college thespians, we, mm. o- he overcommitted. Oh. To too many things at once. Um, and we all tend to do that. I've done that before. I think you just you, you tend to do that because part of it is you want to do everything. You don't want to miss out. You don't want to right do this, that, or the other thing. And so, yeah, I lost out to that. He still helped me with music hmm. for the most part on the side, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was up to me at that point. So I spent a lot of hours hmm. uh, getting that. And I lost some cast members. Then I had to recast some parts, and oh, yeah, it was man. yeah, it was a little it was yeah. frustrating. The the end product still turned out great in the live performance. I thought so. It yeah. Was, the timing all worked, which was that was the part I was more scared about than anything, right? Because certain sound effects were timed very specifically with uh, the dialogue, so it was like you have to, right. like you guys, like you, they really have to be on point uh, with it, and they were. So I was I was thrilled with how it turned out. Obviously, in the recorded version, I have a little more wiggle room because I can adjust everything, and right. But I spent a lot of late hours in the lab. Oh. on the computers mixing stuff and because i didn't have mm. pro tools so i had to go into the right. lab to, to do a lot of the mixing and the levels and stuff and so right. yeah it was a lot of late nights trying to 
ah. fixed out because it, and it's only a 20 minute thing right yeah. but it was yeah it was a lot of work <laughs> in between to craft Still. everything just right i was like super anal about it you know I, i'm a perfectionist so it was i spent a lot of hours and i got to the point where like nope i gotta turn it in i gotta stop yeah like it's it's as good as it's gonna get for now right <laughs> if i had more time i could really make it something but right yeah i, I always try to strive i try to strive for excellence not so much yeah. perfection you're never gonna get there but well i always say i always look at it this way like i aim for perfection i settle for excellence i see yeah, so, <laughs> that's just a step down, but it's an acceptable step down. So it's, nah. it's not so bad. Some people have the philosophy of done is good enough, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Don't or let, like uh, done is let, better than perfect. perfect yeah. be the, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. You know, at some point, at some point, you got to ship. Yeah. So that's that idea of the minimum viable product. You know, yeah. it's like, well, that's great, and then you know, ship it, then iterate, and like, but in things like this, you don't really get that luxury. No. And that and that says something about the the film industry as a whole too, because you hear them sometimes. Some of these movies, these blockbusters, like they're working on stuff up to like three days before release. Yeah. You know, still frantically trying to fix fix post production shots and editing and and yeah. some of that stuff and it's still it does turn out great but it's it, it can be right. very stressful because they got you know hundreds of millions of dollars on the line right uh, well in some films actually their first version of the film they scrap you know i think occasionally um, toy story famously i think it was the cars i think cars it was cars oh, was it cars cars was terrible yeah uh oh, when they yeah, when they came out with cars um the story goes it was a it was a year and a half late or something like that because mm. the um don't quote me on this we have, we'll have to look this up but um <laughs> the story that i heard was that uh the first version of pixar's cars got horrible um horrible reaction from the people that screened it mm. and um when and and the comments that they had gotten the feedback they had gotten from the movie made them take a step back and go, you know what, we're not releasing this. And they redid a lot of the movie. Sure. So the first version of Cars, that, so this version of Cars that we got was actually a re, it was a remake yeah. of what their original, of what their original um, well, movie they, was. Well, and, and it's hard to say sometimes because, you know, you get early script ideas and, right. and you never know necessarily until, you know, it's stuff that in the middle when they start animating, it's like, okay. Yep. <laughs> it's kinda, yeah. So that sort of, yeah. So some of that stuff, I mean, I think it was, what was it? Uh, Toy Story 2, they accidentally deleted like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, what? Um, yeah, before it was long before it had ever opened, I guess. It was just, it was a bad command that got entered and exited. Oh. And like, like, um, a bunch oh, yeah. of sequences got deleted off the uh, the servers. Oh, well, you think it they was were... like t- it was two months worth of work. <laughs> they weren't lost. backing any of that stuff up. That's no, well, that's no, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know exactly what happened, but it sounds like it was it, it was it did end up getting recovered. Yeah, but it was just like pure luck that they managed to actually right. Well, you're talking about it, so. you're talking about pet, probably petabytes full of, full of information because that yeah the resolution of all of that stuff man, I can't imagine how much data how much storage that they're backing up. Oh yeah, no, I got right. I mean, that's that's insane. Oof. So that yeah. was especially because that's their livelihood. Like that's 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 their company, right? All mm-hmm. of that, all that creative effort can you imagine 
Ooh. Yeah, well, a lot of it, you got to remember back in the 90s, too, most of it was backed up on tape. So right. it, they weren't, since they weren't continually testing the backups, right? hopefully they're okay. But if something goes wrong, you're completely right. screwed. Well, these days, I mean, tape so. is still, I guess tape is still around, but um, most of it now is all tapeless. It's all disc. Yeah, well, disc, yeah. You know? yeah. So you're talking about like massive storage copying or, or uh, you know, um, whatever it does uh the, yeah i can't the rep- even replicating what, yeah i can't yeah. imagine what kind of storage that those guys have there <laughs> like raid 6000 or <laughs> raid 6000 um that's not a thing <laughs> five plus ten plus one plus zero <laughs> no, no, no 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 um it's probably no, whatever proprietary yeah i'm sure they've got the I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if it was something like what drobo uses for their for their redundancy across the drive, so you can hot swap stuff out, and it's not an issue. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's pretty. Yeah, the, the different manufacturers time, have their thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that they weren't at least replicating that somewhere because that that you were talking millions of dollars. Oh for, yeah, no, for that type of uh, information. Yeah. 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 Mm, I would not have wanted been in IT at that company on that day, especially when they're like, "Um, yeah, our backups weren't working. We uh, we can't <laughs> get any of that back." Well, I mean, they got it all back. They managed to get it all back, thankfully. But it was yeah, yeah, yeah. But can you imagine the person like, that entered the yeah the wrong command? Whoever entered that wrong command, holy moly! Yeah. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. Nope. Nope. Yeah, happens all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. For those of you with Macs at home, so here's what you can do. If you open up the terminal and you type in the following, just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, just see what so, happens. So slash bin slash rm dot dash yeah. r dash f. No! Star dot star. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right. And then just you sit know. back and watch what happens. Yeah. Watch the fun. And then be watch. prepared to re- have your, have your, uh, I hope you have your backup copy of your operating system sitting around somewhere. Right. Or if you at least have imaged your hard drive so that you can be like, hmm, well, that wasn't as fun as I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happens. It happens. It's true. It's true. On my Windows have ma- a good backup. Right. Uh, on my Windows machine, here's a little tip for you. On my, I, so I have both Windows and Mac. Uh, Mac, of course, I use Time Machine. Um, uh, there are other products out there, but I, I feel mm-hmm. Time Machine is uh, it's good enough. Um, uh, on the Mac, or on the Windows machine, um, I do a, I do, I actually do a, an, I create an image of the hard drive, and you can do that um, if you have Windows Seven and above. You can actually, um, you can you can create an image of your hard drive and save hmm. it off to a um, like a USB drive, some type of external drive, whatever. Uh, and then you can actually you can create a boot like a boot thumb drive. Right. So in the event of something happening, because hard drives fail. Sure. Right. Or if you have some catastrophe, you got infected by a virus, you know, whatever, something that has just devastated your operating system to the point where it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You can you can wipe your hard drive, replace your hard drive, whatever you want to do. And then you boot up from this thumb drive or CD, whatever you created. And then you point it to your external drive where your image is and your image gets put back on there and it's like nothing happened. And so and, and it doesn't take that long, especially if yeah. you have USB three. Doesn't take yeah. that long. You can actually well, you can create I, an image in like twenty minutes. No, like on, with like I also have a Windows machine as well as my Macs and stuff. And like I I haven't done backups of it 
mainly because I just use it for gaming. So I've got sure. Steam. I have Steam installed, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So it's not like if I it's lose, disaster it's not recovery. The end of the world. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, and that's no. I've I've been thinking about that anyway, just in general, because I'm like, well, what are, what happens to my save games? Do I have to start over? Do I? Yeah, you have to start. Does over. Steam save them? Because it seems like it uploads something to Steam when I'm done playing, but I don't know. Maybe who knows? I'm curious about that. So, but like, it's still it's it's great time. if it did. But you right. Know. Well, we've talked about this before. How time is so valuable, and so if oh, you yeah. can save yourself, I mean, that's I mean, to rebuild. Let's say you wanted to rebuild your machine from scratch. You're talking about probably a full day of yeah. you know installing, configuring, putting your apps back on there, making sure they all work, all the little you know. Well, unfortunately, a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of that is kind of you let it run, you go do other stuff in the meantime, you know, because it's going to take right. forever, but. Right, and th- and you know what? It's happened to me. I, I wouldn't recommend this if it didn't happen to me. But yeah. I had an SSD. I had one of the earlier versions of SSD when they first came out, and they, it didn't like take very long. After a year, yeah, failed. Yep, just conked out, failed. Yeah. And um, thankfully, I was doing image backups at the time. I was using another product to do it. Um, sure. But you know, I got a replacement SSD, stuck it in, ran the restore, and within about thirty minutes, I was just back up to last night. You yeah. know, like nothing had happened. Like, I had just turned my machine on that morning. So, yeah. So, you don't have that freak-out moment. And a lot of people, you know, they flip out when they realize that all of their family digital photos are on one hard drive. And they haven't they haven't moved it off-site. You know, um, Dropbox, for example, not a sponsor of this show. They, yeah. um, they have a pretty reasonable rate for a terabyte of storage. Yeah, uh, you know, you true. can you can just throw it up there in the cloud. So you, now you're backing up. Now you're you have your photos. Or, yeah, back them know. up there to iCloud or iCloud, whatever. You know, box. Um, as long as you, I mean, that's the key. Microsoft OneDrive, if you really want to. Uh, sure, any of those things, they're yeah, fine. There's a number of different options. So. Google Drive, any of that stuff. Uh, the point is that if you have a disaster wherever you are, home, office, whatever, yeah, it doesn't matter because your data is not there. It's backed up somewhere else. The live version is here. The backed-up version is somewhere else. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, God forbid a, a disaster happens in your house or your office, fire, flood, who knows. Uh, at least you have your data in two locations, at least two locations. Three to be safe. Like, you know, some people do on-premise, and then they do cloud, and then they have an external copy that they put somewhere else, like in a safety deposit box or something. I don't know. Some people go nuts with stuff like that. but Yeah. You know, as long as it's not all in one location uh, and you're safe, right? Safe that way. Like, I usually, like, I have my my archive of Mystery Science Theater episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, they've been selling more and more now because they've got all the rights back and stuff. But Mm -hmm. um, I have my archive of the original show, like, every episode they ever aired. Yeah. Uh, And I've got it on my Drobo for my Plex server, but I also have it all saved to SD cards, like, stored Mm -hmm. in a wallet elsewhere. (laughs) Wow. Kind of several, several, because they were all 32 gig at the time was the really the best you could do. And it was right, like, it, right. but it's like, I mean, for the not counting the new season, it was like 125 gigs of space. Right. So, like, you gotta, you gotta stock up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For that. So it was, yeah, it was like four or five of those cards, I think. So, right. Well, and thumb drives are so cheap these days. Like, I have, it's I true. now have 64 gig thumb drives. Mm-hmm. I think I got them at Costco for. 20 bucks maybe oh yeah no i don't know i don't know how much i paid for these but solid state storage has become very inexpensive which is great oh yeah um 
and and the fact that it's become more reliable too helps as well. Right. I think, right. Sure. They still have. It's not as bad as it was before. Uh, now, right. now SSDs, the material that they're using and the, the and the technology that they're using, the SSDs will actually, with normal use, will outlive the the lifetime of the computer. And by yeah. lifetime, I mean seven years. Seven years is the outside most that you should have a computer online. After seven yeah. years. You're talking about weird stuff happening, motherboards breaking. St- I mean, memory will start going bad, and especially if you have a machine that you can't swap out the memory, that becomes a problem. You know, like some Macs, you have sol- you know the stuff is soldered in there. Yeah. And so, um, seven years is that five to seven years at the five year mark. I at the four or five year mark, I usually tell people you know start budgeting and start thinking about getting a new computer at the five year mark, maybe the six year mark buy something yeah seven year outside like that's you're at it's it's all borrowed time after that yeah you're you're taking fat chances after seven years you know well so but speaking of computers um matt apple's gonna be releasing some cool stuff in the fall Oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get yeah we're gonna get a new iOS version eleven is coming. Oh, out. that's true. Remember, yeah, that is, and then that is we true. Yep. and we have High Sierra coming out mm. for for the Mac. Yo, yeah, <laughs> dude. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh. yeah. Dave's not here, man. Very high, man. I'm surprised they didn't release that on April twentieth, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that looks interesting. I mean, High Sierra is. I mean, that's basically an incremental incremental release, right? However, or is it a f- well? It's a full release. No, it's a full oh, release. Oh, and no, here, and right. here's it's the difference. Yeah. Here's the here's the major difference. So you can prep for this. They're switching over from the. Yeah. Uh, the file system that they're using now, the journaled. They went from uh, ZFS to APFS or something. Yeah, like yeah. right. And that is fantastic. So if you have uh, 10.3 on the phone, on on iOS, you're already using the Apple file system. And it's amazing. It's fast. Right. It's really good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, uh, I, I can almost guarantee you that they are dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's because when we upgrade to High Sierra... It's going to redo our file system. It's basically right. it's yeah. going to be a long upgrade, depending on how much data and what size hard drive you have. It's going to be a, a long yeah. upgrade. Yeah. So back up for sure. For sure. <laughs> Just in case, back totally. up. Have a backup. And see, yes. to me, to me, that's a good excuse to make sure everything back up and just do a clean install. You totally could do a clean install. I mean, could I? I'd be more inclined to do that than a straight upgrade, but. I mean, I, Apple. Most of my upgrades have gone really smoothly the last few times, so I haven't mm-hmm. really. Had, I think the last, the last clean install I did was maybe I want to say Yosemite. Yeah. Maybe or was it Mavericks? It might have. No, I think it was Mavericks actually. Mm. Before I think that, the last so. clean install I did was when I got this machine back in 2011. Mm. So well, time to buy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I yeah. Yeah, I probably would. Uh, this you machine were just does exactly. About it. I mean, really no, like, I know. Oh. I mean, this machine does what exactly what I needed to do, and yeah. it's maintained. And yes, at the seven-year mark, I probably will. But you know, you, when you're talking about a MacBook Pro, yeah, you're uh. talking about you know two thousand twenty-one hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, no, for no, a new no. system. Yeah. So I don't, I don't take that very lightly. But um, uh, I I don't I never move this thing. It I never turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on all the time. 
So I don't, I'm not experiencing stuff like chip creep. Uh, everything in there is solid state, you know? So there's no, there's no mechanical moving parts except for the fan. Yeah. You know, but, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great little, little laptop, you know, a jam 16 gigs of memory in there. It's great. I love it. OWC, not a sponsor of the show. Great stuff. Good stuff. It's anyway, but that's exciting. That's exciting. But, uh, you know, uh, as we're talking about this, too, another version of the WannaCry virus came out. Ah, yeah. Uh, it's the, the Petya? Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't remember specifically. Yeah, I think it was I called Pet, Petya. Pet, Petya. Yeah, that's it. P-T-Y-A. Uh, it's, uh, it's another ransomware thing. And um, uh, it takes advantage of the same vulnerability that uh, was patched back in March uh, for on the Windows side. It's the SMB SMB one vulnerability. And mm. um, so, if you have a Windows machine and you haven't updated, you know. So, if you have yeah. Windows, it, this goes all the way back to like Windows XP. Um, Microsoft decided to patch Windows XP and a lot of people are conjecturing why they did that because they have emphatically said that they are not supporting XP or 2003 anymore, but they went ahead and patched it and they think it's because that there are government agencies that are still running on 2003 and XP and uh, Microsoft uh, needed to patch those. Because sure. these because yeah. people just you know these these agencies won't upgrade for whatever reason, but um, but anyway so these vulnerabilities come out the point the whole point is make sure you have good anti malware, also make sure you have good backups also make sure that you're staying with the Microsoft uh, patch release and Microsoft generally releases their stuff starting on the second Tuesday of every month, and then they fo- they kind of follow it up every every Tuesday. Um, and then after that, it's like out of band stuff. So it's like for the next three weeks, you'll get stuff from Microsoft. Um, but uh, security is security is an ugly business. Nobody likes it. It's you know uh, it has a tendency to break things. Yeah. So I mean, the whole point is like even start even even getting down to the fundamentals of the actual hardware of the machine, especially on a Windows machine. Make sure that you are keeping up with the manufacturer updates, firmware updates, BIOS updates, you know that sort of thing. And then application updates, you know, operating system updates, all these updates. Keep your stuff up to date. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's uh, not only security, but it's a lot of bug fixes and things. And so your machines run really well. And, um, I don't know. It's not that hard. Just people just don't know. They don't want to, they fear change, right? Yeah. Change. I read a really interesting article about change and how change actually to some people equals incompetence because it's something new and it's something they don't know and so they have that feeling of incompetence yeah it's the fear of the unknown it's the fear of the unknown and so it's not it's it's not actually the fear of change it's the discomfort of of uh incompetence and incompetence isn't necessarily a negative thing and incompetence is is a starting point you know like when you learn a new skill you're incompetent, of course. And it's not negative. It just means that you don't have the skill yet. You haven't repeated that action enough times to call it a skill, you know? And um, that's why that's why a lot of people fear change. It's because they probably, quite, quite honestly, feel stupid, right? Or dumb, yeah. or they don't have the energy to learn something new, so they just want to just leave it. 
right? So I just leave it the way it is. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and in the IT industry, uh, IT industry, uh, it's a it's a constant moving thing. You have to st- you have to stay current with what's going on. Otherwise, you are going to be left behind, and um, you, you'll have problems. You'll have big problems. So, yeah, but that's my job. I, I feel incompetent most of the time. Not not because I you know not because I don't have the knowledge or skill. It's because I'm I'm constantly trying new things. Yeah, I'm constantly I'm constantly in the lab going. Hey, what does that do? Let's throw it up there. Ugh. What is this, right? And then you have to take a week or two or a month or whatever. Don't touch and, that. And it's the history eraser button, you fool. <laughs> 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 yeah. So anyway, but we, we've talked about this before, change yeah. and how people fear change. And uh, it was just, an, it was a very interesting article about how change really is, it equals incompetence and how that's mm-hmm. why people don't want to change because they feel incompetent. Yeah. And it's just, you know, allow yourself that freedom to fail a little bit, you know, before you before you can really reap the benefits of being successful. It's okay. Failure is just learning a way of not to not how to do something. Like I I fail all the time and it's because, you know, well how do you feel? You failed. Well, I didn't fail. I I learned that's not how you do it. So what? Move on. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, but that's my life. That's what I do all the time. I don't always fail. Sometimes I get it right on the first time. It's rare. I celebrate those moments. But uh, uh, on the, the times I fail, I don't. I don't get down on myself at all. I just that's I have learned. That's part of the process. And when you know when you're when you're embarking on some type of a project or whatever, you always have to factor in failure. You're never going to get it. It's seldom. I should say seldom. You're seldom going to get it right on the first time, sure. especially if it's something new, something new that's, you know, new technology or new concept or new something. It's, you got to factor in failure because failure just really equals how many, how do you just discovering how not to do it in order to do it properly? Yeah. That's what that is. You know, when you go into that mindset, you don't get down on yourself. You're like, hmm, it's part of the process. Oh, well. But I've seen a lot of projects, especially in my industry, a lot of projects are just, the, the timelines are just so tight that there's no wiggle room. There's no, yeah. there's no failure factored in at all. And that's how, that's how projects fail. And they you get know, pushed out, you know, whatever. Whatever. Indeed. Yeah. That's my tip of the day. Change, fail. Let, go, move on. Yeah. Sounds it's fair. okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> all right. It's all right. Yeah. So, what else? Anything else in the news? Anything um, else going on? It's hot uh, here. Yeah. Did you, now air, you, did Phoenix ever break the record? No. For well, that, it for broke the, June the record 20? for that day. Didn't that get day. up to the 122. Yeah. It didn't, it, oh. it never, it never hit 100 and it never broke 122, which is God, good. I can't imagine. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe next year. <laughs> well, I was in Sacramento and it was 111. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think the high was like 100 and I think it hit 117 here, either yesterday or the day before. Wow. Something like that. It's only supposed to be like 120. 12 i think today oh not too bad it's cool enough ish <laughs> i know you're having a free a freeze wave over there 
kind of cold kinda, snap. It's kind of leveling off, but it looks like in the low um, hundreds. It's going to be Gross. another week or so, but we might have storms. Uh, might finally get some rain next weekend or something. It's just going to steam off the sidewalk as soon as, as it as the, as the monsoon psh, starts. Psh, psh, as, really? As, the, as monsoon season starts coming in, hopefully. Yeah. Oh. It's about due, I think. No kidding. Well, you don't think about that in the desert. You don't. Mon- no. It's uh, and. Some years it's it almost never had like we've had a couple of years where we called it the non-soon because it was like non-soon because it didn't really rain much it was a lot of heat lightning and uh, things like that so it just looks really scary a couple right. of haboobs hey. uh, <laughs> yeah I love that <laughs> it's my favorite meteorological term ever haboob haboob <laughs> um, yeah it's basically well. <laughs> They're, yeah, it's pretty, it's fun to say. They're kind of scary to look at. Um, yeah, it's just a big stand, sand mess coming. A big, big wall. Sand yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a dust storm, basically. Like a really Ooh, bad dust storm. What? Yeah, that's no. a, it's like a giant wall of crap coming your way. Like, when you see that in the movies, when they see like a sandstorm in, like, in, in the Arab, or Arab yeah. Arabian desert or whatever, it's like that. That's basically a haboob. That's scary. Oh yeah, it, it it looks more menacing when you're down on the ground level, like you don't really notice it until it's kind of on you, and it's like, oh yeah, it's just really foggy out here. What happened? It's foggy and windy at the same time. It's kind of yeah, weird. but it's like little particles of sand hitting you too, isn't it? Uh, it can be. It's mostly. I mean, it's dust, so it's not. Oh, I mean, it's not a lot. Oh. Of, there's not much sand here. Ugh. But you don't want to breathe that stuff in, do you? No, that's no, not, it's no, good to be indoors. Good. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to be indoors when that happens. Um, yeah, it just kind of blows through. I remember actually being out in it once. The first time we ever, I think we ever really experienced a haboob as an adult, I guess. I may, might have had one when I was younger, but um, it was probably 2004. Wow. I want to say my brother and I were headed over to the community college where we were taking classes. And, mm. um, and yeah, it had kicked up. We didn't even notice it right away. Like we noticed it was getting windier outside, mm, but the mm. the dust hadn't really kicked in yet. And so I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay." And then after after class, like it was like, "Okay, this is interesting." But we didn't know what it was, so we just drove home. Yeah, right. You know, um, my brother's. Oh, no, did he still have the the Eldo? No, he did not at that point. It was. Uh, but he didn't have an Eldorado. What are you talking about? No, he had a. He had a caddy. It was like a '74 caddy for a while, but that was back in the oh. '90s. I'm just trying oh. to remember what we had at that point. I think I was driving. I think it wasn't my Explorer. Oh yeah, I mm. had my station wagon at that point. I think mm. my little mm. my little Suzuki POS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Samurai? Would you have? No, Let's it was Samurai. an esteemed station wagon. <laughs> Oh, well, here's the story of this thing. Like it was. Well, you know, it was a nice. It was a nice. Right. Well, it I, was nice enough. Yes. No. No. I'm not laughing at you. It's the like, problem. The problem I had with the car was replacement parts were impossible to get. Oh yeah. By the time things started failing, because yeah. there was a period apparently around the time that that car was made, like in the early 2000s, where Suzuki had outsourced all their construction of their cars to Daewoo. Right, Daewoo. And so, and then when Daewoo went under, they Suzuki brought their production back in house, but. That means those cars were like you're screwed in terms of getting parts. Like there were a couple right. times they were like, well, 
we can't we like the parts not available anywhere in North America. We have to go. We have to contact Japan to see if they have it. Right. Like, it was exactly. like Ugh. exactly. But by the time that car finally failed, I just got rid of like three of the four outside door handles were broken. Ugh. So I had to get it. I had to actually get in. No, at the end, I think all the pretty much all the outside door handles were pretty much broken. I like I had to get in through. I had to open the tailgate mm. to climb in and unlock the passenger door, the rear passenger door. That side, that outdoor one worked. So then I could reach in and unlock the and open the driver's side door so I could get in. Oh my goodness! At that point, after I moved to LA, I just started leaving the window down when it wasn't raining. Because <laughs> right. I'm like, you know what? If somebody's going to steal it, that would be a blessing at this point. Right, exactly. <laughs> Collect the like insurance it, money and go buy pretty, something else. Pretty much, yeah. It was well, and the funny thing was, I the year before, a couple years before, no, the year before, about a year and a half before I moved to LA, I had, I had gone to my parents for Christmas, yeah. and uh, I was gone for like two and a half weeks. I left my car parked in the driveway, and the day before I came back. It had gotten smashed in the driveway because it was New Year's Eve, and some oh. drunk guy at a party across the street oh. lost control of his truck and like caved in the the left rear end of the car right up to the frame. Wow, but it didn't nick the frame, and it was so oh. mad because I like I I took it to like he and I. It took me a few days to track this guy down because he was just a friend of a friend and sure it, long story, but um. We had the same insurance, thankfully, and it was his girlfriend's truck, so it wasn't his. Oh. Like it was his girlfriend's insurance, but she the insurance covered it. But I I was out without my car for like three weeks because right. this one wiring harness they couldn't find a a compatible replacement for weeks. Yeah, so I was driving a rental car around, but they even said like the the adjuster was looking at it and like they evaluated the damages. Like if it had just gone a little bit further, I would like if it had nicked the frame, I would have totaled the car. Like yeah. You sure you can't just reach in there with something and right. just like just gouge kick it, it a couple of times? Yeah, take a I mean, hammer, really? hit it. I, it would be. I've got gap <laughs> coverage. It's fine. You know, I was because I was I, I was just it was just before I was gonna because I was I was cashing out my four hundred one k so I could pay off the car. Oh yeah, so I could pay off the car loan, and I still did that anyway. But I mean, it was just like, oh man, man. Damn. Um, I was really hopeful. I would have been. It would have been nice. I could have gotten a different used car. I mean, it, it served me well sure. for the most part. So it was right. It was a decent enough vehicle, but I kind of missed. Like the car I had before that was an Explorer, right? And I loved that car. That, that truck was. I got oh, over yeah. hundred thousand miles on it. I put like another hundred thousand miles on it in the seven years yep. I owned it. I drove it around. Yep. I. Did a lot of long road trips in that vehicle. I love trucks and SUVs. Um, I absolutely love yeah. being in a in a in a car that's high off the ground. Uh, I love it. That uh, was that a, was something like when I bought because I had I drive an Escape now um, yeah. as my current car. And when I went car shopping last summer, that was one of those things I was looking at. I, I an Explorer would have been great. I just was mm-hmm. outside of my budget, even a used mm-hmm. one, really. Yeah. Um, but I looked at a number of different cars, and and for me, the challenge I have, I think we may have talked about this last summer a little bit too. The challenge I have was is fitting in a car, right? Is height because yeah. I sit tall, so I need a lot of headroom in a vehicle. And a lot of them, the cars that have the headroom, the the windshield where the windshield ends basically yeah. blocks my vision because it curves way down, so it's like right at eye right. level. And I'm like, well, this doesn't help me. Now I gotta 
I gotta yeah. hunker down like I'm an old lady behind the wheel to see. Exactly. You know, or you or, gotta put your seat. You gotta push your seat back, like you angle it back so you're leaning. You gotta way lean back. the seat back so you're like. I don't uh, like so that. Yeah, you're you way leave, back there because my arms aren't super long, so I can't reach the steering wheel. Then right, it's just kind of weird. Move the seat forward, and then your legs are cramped. Yeah, it's yeah, a bad comp. So an SUV generally tends to do it for me. Even I though, love it. Even though I'm not a big fan of the fuel efficiency standards, things like that. I was yeah. looking at ideally like a hybrid, like a Toyota Prius. I can fit in a Prius. They're mm-hmm. nice and they're comfortable. Like I got, I got enough headroom. I can see. I can, you know, it's it's like the perfect car. But I couldn't find one in my budget that was available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple that were close, but it was um, our pilot. You know, uh, we've got a 2016 pilot, and it has the economy mode. Mm. And uh, the dashboard actually lights up green when you're being economical with your fuel, and sure. of course, when you punch it or you're at a standstill, the the dash turns red. Mm. Um, yeah, I've like seen a, a few like a like a gray type of red. You I've know. seen a few things like that. Uh, a, a few years ago, we went to the Phoenix Auto Show. My brother-in-law and I went uh, with his dad. Like we all went down there. And I was I was looking at a bunch of different cars, just you know, dreaming at the time because I couldn't afford a car. But um, I drove like the Ford C Max Hybrid, mm-hmm. that, and that was another car that I liked that I could mm-hmm. fit in. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, I can actually fit in this, and it's comfortable." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Dodge Caliber, only not so. You know, uh, <laughs> mechanically, but <laughs> I drove it around and I'm like, yeah, this is this is not bad. It's uh, it was kind of yeah. nice. And so yeah. I, but that's the thing. Like I went and I I had to like a whole spreadsheet. Like I totally nerded out. Like I was getting measurements and specs online. Like what is the cabin size? What do we have? Right, right. Because it was amazing how many different cars had similar headroom that fit very differently. Yeah, and it was like that. Like a two, there were two or three where like I got in. And I'm like, well, no, that it says it has this headroom, but I'm not feeling that. You know, and other yeah. stuff like the Honda Elements were nice. If they had hadn't stopped making them in 2011, it would have been kind of cool. Right. Yeah, though they're they're expensive too, just because they're really good and people don't want right. to give them up. Um, right. My parents drove one for a, for a long time. They just got rid of theirs recently, hmm. but. I looked at. I tried to find one of those because I did like it. The one I did find that I could afford wasn't really in good shape, unfortunately. And it, hmm. it had been a smoking car. It's like mm, somebody smoked in this car. It's like, oh no! Oh, I hate those. Yeah, it's just you could still smell it a little bit, and it was just like even after mm, you detail it. I we yeah, I worked they, at a place where where a guy it, it was a delivery car, and we all shared yeah. you know we all shared the cars, and uh, there was one guy that used to smoke in this car, and it. It was so bad, I actually got nauseated. I would, I got in the car, and it stunk because it was sitting out in the heat, and it yeah. just Yeah, well, gross. that's the thing. It's and Arizona, and it's a black. It was, the element was black, and it was just like... Well, I paid oh, to darn. get that car detailed, and even yeah. after... The, and they showed me, like, the water and stuff. <laughs> it was yellow and gross. They're like, this is disgusting. But they steamed, cleaned everything, mm-hmm. and finally I went to that guy. I was like, no more smoking in that car. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, and yeah. I, I looked at some of my finalists. The, the Escape was still kind of an option at the time. I wasn't really thinking about it so much, yeah. mainly just because at the, the price they were offering it, it was like, no, that's not going to happen. They yeah. had to come down like several thousand dollars in price to even come close to my budget. And yeah, yeah. They eventually did, like, text me out of the blue. But I had tried, like, the, the Scion XB, the, uh, the bread box, mm-hmm. and oh, then yeah. the, the Nissan Cube, which is that weird. Yeah thing but you know what inside they were nice like the cube yeah. especially i actually really liked driving it right. but it was it was too low to the ground right like it really bothered me how low to the ground it was i right. i wasn't sure what i was just like it's not it, I, I just don't like it no i just no, we're it both, drove me crazy that it was right. 
Well, we're both tall. And so yeah. it always surprises me, like when I get into a car like a Honda Fit or even one of those smart cars that actually fit in those things. Yeah. And you can't, like the, like the I smart I tried a cars, Honda Fit. It didn't really quite work for me, but I'm wider than no. you are too. So that's, you know. I'm, well, I'm and it, but it doesn't feel like guy. you're in a small car. That's the thing. When you're sitting in yeah. a Honda Fit, if you don't look behind you, you feel like you're in a pretty decent sized car. I, drove but like the, this, I did test drive the Chevy Spark. Wow. With the, the what my brother and I call the Moose Knuckle. <laughs> um, there was one. They there was one at the Chevy dealership. It was bright green, so we called it the Hulk Fist. Oh, like, I, I got to drive the Hulk Fist. I got to test drive yeah. the Hulk Fist. Yeah. Um, it was not bad. Ex- and and honestly, if I had gotten that, I probably would have been satisfied as long as nobody else ever drove in the rode in the car with me because there's not right. enough room for two people in the front. Right. Like my brother-in-law and I are roughly like he's also tall, so he kind of similar build. And so we were practically, it felt like we were practically sitting on top of each other being in oh. front. Like I was in the driver's seat and he was in the seat next to me. And it was like, oh, right. wow. Okay. Rubbing shoulders and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was really uncomfortable. I was like, you know, if it was just me and most of the time it is actually all the time it is. But yeah. Um, yeah. But and I like cargo space too. I like having a little cargo space too. So that's why I ended up with, I'm glad the escape came back my way and I yeah. have it now and I'm happy. And yeah. I yeah. mean, sure. It's, it's jet black and gets really hot in the sun, but <sighs> Can you imagine? Good air conditioning after forking out for the repair. <laughs> that's know. a necessity there, man. Yes. Yes, it is. It is not optional equipment. So that's okay. Right. I will survive the summer now, and I'm happy about that, and all is well-ish. Good. Yeah. Now, Good. If I can, now I need to make up that money for my, my fund, my moving fund for the fall, because <laughs> that was a huge right. hit to my budget. Right. Um, so I got to make that money up, so probably more overtime at work. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Um, I kind of need to anyway. Like things, I just I have trouble catching up at work. There's just too much to do. Mm-hmm. But who doesn't? And then doesn't? and then my my lead, the person who I sort of report to, she's leaving for soon. good. Yeah, they're moving. They're moving out of state. Uh, her oh. husband got a job offer. Oh, it was a really good one though. So I don't I don't blame him. I kind of knew it was probably coming, mm-hmm. but I don't. They haven't set a time frame for it yet. Um, but probably I assume probably in the next month or two that she will probably be gone and that's not good for me uh, <laughs> are you good are you good lead material is that something you'd want to do well she's she's a lead of one and that's me like oh. she's she's a team of one now you but are she, your own master but sir. she's also kind of the but she's also the yeah 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 i'm right here <laughs> shut you have up a duck in your apartment what is that yeah, it's the timer it's a timer for the oh, show um, oh. so, but she, well, she's going off to other things, but a lot of what she does, basically when people have questions, they go to her or the manager before me, I'm just means I'm going to get pestered with a lot more annoying questions that they really oh, right. should answer themselves. Um, right. but a lot of the reporting work she does, nobody else really knows how to do um, in the office. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like. How do we how do we deal with that? Do I have to take that on? Does just the manager deal with it? Do we train somebody new to do it? Like that mm-hmm, so they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out the logistics of a lot of that. Can I she see. do it remotely and stay with the company, you know? Cuz they're headquartered right. in where they're moving, they're headquartered there. So mm. so theoretically she could stay with the company if she really wanted to. So I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if she mm. really wants to though. Um mm. it's a, you know, that's their that's their thing. So Sure. I'm not gonna worry. It's just more inconvenient for me. But it's also a good sign to be I really need to start thinking about moving on myself at this point. It's mm. kinda 
Uh-huh. So more to, more to come. More to I come mean, I was thinking life. about it anyway, because if I'm planning to move in the fall, it's like, well, okay, time to jump ship. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. do I pull the ripcord now or do I wait? Because I don't want to, I want to see if I can hold out until my lease is up and then I can go all at once. It's like, right. pull the band-aid off and things like that. So we'll have to see. Well, I think I speak for me and our listener here that we're waiting. We, we want to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure they're waiting with bated breath what happens at my office. Um, yeah, but it'll be fine. It'll all it'll all turn out in the end the way it needs to. So it all evens out in the wash. That's what I. It's say. true, and sometimes the washer load has to end, much like this show mm-hmm. for today. So mm-hmm. we're out Get of time. Good. Put us in the spin cycle. Yes. Woo! Like uh, the web spin cycle. Ah, we're next week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Brian Trust and and letting us uh, you know prattle on for an hour, prattle babble otherwise just you know run off at the mouth. Why not? Sometimes um, good stuff comes out of the yeah. prattling and babblings. <laughs> the website for the show is uh, briantrustpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show there, or you can subscribe by iTunes. We're there. If you are subscribing in iTunes and listening now, I feel free to rate and review the show. Uh, at least rate it. Um, that always helps. Review. You know, be honest but fair. Mm-hmm. If we suck, then you know, be specific. <laughs> you know, defend your examples, sir. Don't just say they suck. They Tell suck. us why. Tell us why with examples. I mean, if there are things you right. think we can do to improve the show, let us know. The best way to do that, of course, is on our Facebook page uh-huh. at facebook.com/slash the Brian Trust. We're always mm-hmm. we always pay attention to that. Um, you can contact us via Twitter as well, uh, twitter.com. You know, at the Brian Trust. Mm-hmm. Individually on Twitter, I am available at Actor Geek. And I'm at B Selkie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week we will probably do another spoiler spoilerific summer episode for Spider-Man: Homecoming, which opened Ooh. yesterday sure uh, in the market. But I think we will probably we'll give it give you time to see the movie first this time, rather than and, and make sure we both see the movie. Unlike with Wonder Woman, where we didn't quite pull that off. I know. But well, that happens. Um, yeah. But this will give us an opportunity to to see it, so that way you won't feel too spoiled and. Right, and um, we'll do that, and then the week after that will be Movie Club with our choice for this month's DC Cab, yeah. such as it is, Caddyshack with cars. I don't know, sort of. Uh, yeah, well, obviously it's not going to be an exact ripoff. Not like not like that Point Break ripoff I was almost in. Oh my uh, goodness! <laughs> we'll talk about maybe we'll talk more about that when that episode rolls yeah, around. Yeah, that's new so. <laughs> information. I didn't know that. Did I know that? I don't think I knew no, that. No, no, you did not know that. Um, Were you going to be Bodie? Who are you going to no, be? I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it in a later episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it up. I'll save that for the DC Cab Talk because that'll be kind of fun, I think, right. uh, for that. So until, uh, until then, thanks again for listening. And until next time. Babylon. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yes, but which one? Four or five? Babylon. Uh, four, uh, Babylon five. Uh, 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 <laughs>